process of, of release we, as far as I can experience it and is both fortuitous things that actually more or less kind of cause you to drop or let go and also it's something that you can train in you know as you begin to learn how to loosen and, and ease and soften the grasp understand the grasping that, that's present in our systems it's kind of particular level of energy if you like which we are we feel very um, uh, fearful or compulsive you know or bound up or needy there's a certain energy that goes along with that it's like the um, clutch of a child you know please don't leave you know that kind of hold that can suddenly manifest in us around a range of things, you know, so we just panic, feel frightened, we feel lost, we feel we can't cope, we feel uh, hurt, um, feel shocked, feel a sense of loss, and there's this kind of thing that just kind of galvanizes into um, this grasp, you know, that it's times like that when you begin to sense you know something that's acute actually is also chronic that means there's a kind of low level sense of mildly grasping <laughs> you know little kind of comforts and habits and things that we feel settled in and cozy with you know and that's okay because I've got one of these and I can do that and I can go here and go there so we don't really notice it until suddenly there's a chop or one of these goes and you feel something kind of grasp because there's a loss and this is if you like the kind of you know one of the fortuitous if you can call it fortuitous is not not really pleasant um, experiences that that um, can give rise to deep reflection you know, wise consideration as it's called yonisomenisikara proper attention hey what's going on you know looking into what we have taken for our security, for our refuge, for our self, for our world, you know, how, how valid, how tenable, how secure, how settled is it, you know. And these are these kind of shocks that can happen to people. Sometimes it's loss of a loved one, sometimes it's just the sense that you can't cope, you know, you can't do, you can't achieve the thing you wanted to achieve, your life feels like that. Um, so, the, and sometimes actually this can be this kind of falling apart experience it can, there can be miracles that happen in that and there's a sense of you really do release and you sense of oh for a moment oh you know and you're okay you haven't lost coherence you're still sort of there you're awake you're aware and, oh you know. Um, what was all that then? Often, but, but um, this is this is great. But uh, you know, 
but more often it either sets up a question, you know, like for the Buddha, as we were hearing the other week, seeing the signs of the aged person or the dying person or the sick person, suddenly this is going to happen to me, and suddenly the kind of, all the assumptions, we call the vanity, the the satisfaction with health and vitality suddenly look really shallow, you know. What's all that about? You know, that's not going to be there. Um, so there's a kind of a question is set up, isn't there? And of course, much of our life is really can be based upon creating these kind of shell-like experiences of of apparent security, you know, because uh, we don't like the free fall. Something just doesn't want the free fall. Mm. Yeah. And in a way, it's kind of uh, it sounds very gloomy to to even say, well, there is this. It is pretty like much like China. You know, it's going to shatter because it sounds like you know that's it. And of course, the um, you know for someone like the Buddha has actually surveyed the whole thing and and been through it in a more graduated way, even trained the mind in that you begin to recognize when, you, when, when there is that coming through, it actually isn't, you know, there is, there is something, some thingness or some experience that actually holds you. And it's blissful if you can really release into it. And uh, so this is, is a kind of training, actually, is, the, is to be able to take the mind over its edge, and do it in a careful and systematic way. And one of the things we use is called this considered attention. When you begin to systematically consider, contemplate some of the apparent realities of your life with this continual sense of this will pass, this is changing, this too is, you know, and uh, what would it be like without this, without this thought or without this belief system or without this future, you know, that I create? What would it be like without this kind of um, personal story that that gets created all the time? Where would I be, you know? And um, and of course, uh, when you're doing it skillfully and carefully, then you recognize that the very act of considering these things also brings to bear a particular quality of, of energy, you might say, which is actually very uh, subtle, but reflective, deep, calm, easeful, unbounded. We can awaken to our own cessation, if you like. (laughs) We can awaken to the endings of our apparent reality, and in that awakening there is a sense of freedom, release. It's not destruction into the world, black hole. And this is, this is, of course, is what we consider most skillful because it can be the case that you have these fortuitous kind of things happen, and you, but very often what occurs for people is, is that the moment when something breaks, there's a panic, and you end up clutching hold of the fragments. You know, so people have nervous breakdowns. Just see nervous breakdown and awakening <laughs> is may not, sometimes doesn't seem that that 
different, but it's actually there's a qualitative difference. Even with a nervous breakdown, you hang on to the hang on to the wreckage. <laughs> you know, trying to still pull it together or 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 relating to the wreckage. And with awakening, you you realise, oh, that was just that was just that, that was just a dream. You know, and you, you've actually landed in something else. Um, you're buoyed up by by something else. Mm. And I suppose in, we often find it come, can come to that, those places in our lives, you know, where we have encouragement, we have companionship. Somebody says, yeah, you, you know, you can keep going, you can pass through this. That actually does help us to walk through that door with some, some without panicking. Mm. The panic, the, the clutch is the real problem, not, not the kind of, falling apart, it's the clutching trying to hold what must fall apart together you know Mm. now we just come back from a this walk in the mountains in Crete and and those wasn't a kind of psychotic experience. Certainly, there were plenty of occasions when you when you're having to climb mountains, walk mountains in the heat, and you're tired, and your legs don't seem to work, and uh, you keep hearing somebody say, "Oh, it's just over the top there," or "It's just around the corner," and it isn't just around the corner. It's a long top, you know, and you're going on and on and on. Your energy's going down, and every time your legs are complaining, and they're just not working anymore, and somebody's going, "I can't." I, I, you know, and then, you know, just actually holding that, that particular moment, really carefully, being with that moment, something keeps going. Mm. This is for a, personally, I, you know, for many different experiences in in my in my life, this seems to be part of my path. <laughs> I'm like Humpty Dumpty by now. <laughs> uh, you know, I begin to recognize, oh, there, there it is, you know, going again. And I have a kind of confidence. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not bothered so much by falling apart. It kind of happens, you know, okay. Something in me knows I don't like it. I don't, I really don't want it. I don't enjoy it, but there it is. And, just breathe in, slowly breathe out. Hold the space without trying to fix anything, change anything, make something happen, be something, be anything. And there is a sort of a, uh, um, an arising on awareness of a quality of heart, quality of energy, a quality sometimes even of body that is present for you. And this is marvellous. You know. I guess it's rather like the death moment. For some people, if they don't panic, you know, there can be this tremendous sense of of opening into a vastness. And these are all ways in which we begin to acknowledge the possibility of, of release. You know? So you're not left kind of clutching in your death moments, clutching something that's going to go. You're not left just spinning around looking for something you know, in the in the 
that's going to pass, trying to make it not pass. Yeah. You know, you can feel that sense and you just relax and go with it. You, in meditation, you you begin you you know it is a kind of more graduated way if you're practicing meditation. You begin to kind of come through different <coughs> layers, if you like, of identity. You know, when when we sit and meditate first, we we kind of turning within, if you like, that particular metaphor. <coughs> first, we come to the kind of almost like a wall of noise, which is the thinking mind or the the pains in the body, just like this wall of, of, of energy that's, that's jangled and settled, unsettled and, you know, seems pretty dense. And then through, through practices you begin to kind of soften and smooth and penetrate that and you come into something that's much more um, finer, subtler. And the conventional practices like mindfulness of breathing where you begin to attune to the, to first of all, the gross, what you might say, the gross body which is this physical form, and the heat and the pressures and the so forth, and the uh, then you come into the through attuning to that, through the body being aware of the body, um, you become to a subtle energy form, a subtle body, which is very difficult. You can't really dis- differentiate it from the mind, you know. Whereas the gross body and body one thing, mind's another thing, and this is my body and. You know, it ends here, and that's something else. It's it's very distinct. The gross forms are very obviously bounded, and and uh, and and heavy. They're gross. You know, not, that's not a pejorative statement. You know, we're all gross, not just you. <laughs> I'm gross <laughs> on this level. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> but that's not saying you know disgusting or revolting. It's just the sense that. that Gross means there's a real, really strong sense of differentiation between the body, the mind, and between thisness and thatness. You know, when you come into the subtle body, actually, it's, it, you don't really don't find boundaries. You, know, you just get a sense of a kind of subtle energy that pervades, and it's you can't really, you know, and it's also very much. Affected, attuned to to emotions and moods. You see, the the mind and the body not really separate. So you can actually feel in a in almost like in a bodily sense, you can feel the the quality of, of emotion, of joy, of ease, has has real effects. You know, so the body and the mind are not separate. And in that, you don't really feel a sense of being separate from anything. You know, you feel a, there's a kind of sense of because it doesn't have boundaries, so you don't feel so much separated. There's not so much to lose. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, <laughs> there isn't something other. <laughs> you, you're not aware of the sense of having an edge. <laughs> and then, so, when you, you, if you come to that, those kinds of experiences, then the, the whole sense of the, the clutching the, to the grossness, which, you know, wears out because you, 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 you see the gross 
bodily experience is really only a particular layer or level of bodily experience. And it, it's it's uh, it's not that great, really. You know, it, it hurts. It uh, it gets tired. It, you know, you're going to lug it up in the morning and lay it down in the evening and stuff it with things. Um, keep it going, and it you know it groans and creaks, and uh, it's not really that that great. You know, and so you can have some some good times with it. You know, for little bursts of good times, for, particularly when you're younger. And then it sort of gets, the percentages gets less and less. <laughs> and the maintenance bills go up and up. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. There's nothing, you know, I'm not complaining about it really, or putting it down. Because actually, it's almost like the, the basis for the subtler form. So when you actually train yourself to, to really be in this, this in, the, in the gross body without, um, you know, expectations or fantasies, you're just with it. Then the being with it has a kind of quality of um, there's a subtle energy of being with your own being with your own body, being with it. Like on this this uh, walk, then if actually, you know, struggling along, and then I can feel it. You get the sense of well, it's only another half an hour or so. You get that sense, and you move out of the present moment. Your mind starts to try and drag your body along. Let's get there, or it's just up that 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 hill or down that valley, and you kind of all right and. And you come out of the being really present in the body, the mind, the thinking mind starts to want to get to this place in the future somewhere else. And you can kind of feel the kind of the uh, the uh, stress that's caused. And actually, what I found most useful is just to be in the body, moment at a time, step at a time. It's all you need to do. It will get somewhere or the other sooner or later if you keep doing that. And there's no, there's no, um, you're actually living in balance with the body, because the body can only do that. It can't, it can't go into the future. It can only, get, it can only kind of move in its own rhythms. And it's really learning to 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 be with that, to actually move in your own body. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it sounds so easy, but most of the time we think, oh, I'll go to the kitchen. Already, I'm in the kitchen. You kind of door kitchen, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Go to work, you know. Get up, right, work, toast, the coffee, and you know, car and coat train, and all the time there's something, you know, you're not really in it. You know, it's sort of half in it, leaning out of it, and this continual kind of, uh, you know, um, distortion of of the body's energies in that particular way. So when we meditate, we're actually, you know, you've got to be really careful about the idea of getting anywhere in meditation. I mean, yeah, you know, you do, it will, it kind of happens, the things unfold. But if you get the idea of trying to get somewhere in it, you, that very mental energy kind of distorts the whole body energy. You can feel yourself tightening up when, and it has this effect on the, on the, 
on the body energy because on a, on a level of the subtle level of the body the mind and the body are not separate yeah? and if you start to distort the subtle energy of the body it begins to actually have effects on the gross body yeah? I remember a few years ago you know, we were doing meditation retreat in the monastery and um, you know, one, of the, one, of the, one of the men was you know, doing his mindfulness of breathing or whatever it was and he actually just kind of folded up like a pretzel they had to carry him out. He's like kind of crinkled. Because there's been so much just, you know, trying to get it, trying to make it work and trying to get somewhere that the, that particular mental a- action just eventually collapsed his whole physical form. They had to kind of take him upstairs and then, you know, f- unfold him. Because <laughs> he was like, you know, like, and unfold. And get some, um, somebody to do some, what's it called, that kind of, yeah, begins with an S. Huh? Huh? Smelling salts. Not smelling salts. <laughs> no, it's a kind of shiatsu, that's it. Somebody did a shiatsu on him for a couple of days to get, get him to kind of uncrinkle. You know, because it, you can particularly the chakras in the body, particularly the, the diaphragm, you know, which is where you often find yourself, the breathing tends to happen in the diaphragm. You know, if you, if you don't, if you get to that's the power center. So if you get this kind of sense of forcing it, then the power energies actually normally operate through the, the solar plexus channel. You know, so when you want to defend yourself, you tighten up here. When you're forcing yourself, you tend to tighten up in the gut. So that particular message actually affects the solar, the subtle energies that affect the solar plexus. And you find yourself kind of contracting, you know, or around the heart, you know, or up in your head. So meditation often is a kind of uh, you know trial and error thing. However careful the instructions are, something that just has to something has to learn the hard way of seeing how you how our psychologies can really twist us up. You know, because when you're doing something for an hour solid with, with no other input, you're really with your own mental pattern and that has an effect on your body energy but the idea is to actually begin to you know cooperate in in the body so you, you're coming into to being a skillful custodian or a skillful witness or a, or a friend befriending the body you know, welcoming the body, befriending it. So you think, well, how are these arms? You know, and how is it around here? What about the throat? And, you know. So this is you kind of actually, instead of crashing through, you, the idea is you can kind of soften and open this this uh, gross form. You know, into into so it's subtle subtle forms can arise which are really uh, delightful and carry you. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, some of this, um, you know, the, the, the obstructions are through re, re, the repeated minor compulsions, goal orientation, panics, should do, ought to, fears that occur in a day, which actually have an effect on your body energy. You know, you start to t- 
tighten up around the joints, you start to shut down around the chest, you start to, you know, close up around the throat, and you can get pretty, pretty wooden, uh, without really knowing, not, not, you know, you're not doing it on purpose, but it's just an in- instinctive re- uh, response. And if we're actually more aware, then we begin to recognize how these, these little emotional signals start happening, and right there, you know, re- relax, just, just take time, breathe out, don't, you don't have to hold that, there's nothing to fear right now. So you're really working with that. And this sense of, of um, manasikara, wise, wise attention, just keeping your focus on, you know, what's, what's moving, what's happening, what's, what's getting you, you know, what's going on, and how's it affecting you. And this is where you, you actually, you know, train, or train maybe a bit too serious a word, but you, you kind of, you live it out, live out this uh, quality of, of um, cultivation. It is, it is really a 24-7 thing. And I think one of the kind of disenchantments one can have with meditation and retreats is that is the very sense of it being a special occasion, being a retreat, being a five day, being a seven day, being a ten day, being, you know, you're with the, the teacher and this is where your big chance for liberation occurs, is that you begin to energize those very compulsive should do goal orientation, gotta get it together, better be as good as the next guy kind of energies that, that foul you up. <laughs> It's not. It's not. Uh, these aren't. These aren't the absolutes. But these are the kind of tendencies you've got to watch out for. I'm certainly someone who supports meditation, and yet, you know, it's to realise that, you know, how we need a kind of an overview. This is what wise, considered attention is. You really don't. You know, you really contemplate and reflect on what what's driving, what's what you're doing, and the kind of things we expect to achieve, and you know, are you are we coming from this feeling, this continual sense of inadequacy and incompleteness? We, shouldn't we actually start to accept that rather than try and fix it? Accept that sense, just as a sense, and this in often is is the very it's the place you you can drop through before you crack through. You know, you begin to sense that feeling of. I should be better than I am. Wait a minute. What's happening? There's the tightening. You know, what is the better that I should be? You know, and what do I what do I regard myself as being right now? You know, could I actually just put aside the negative regard right now, and then I don't have to be something? You know, if I stop seeing myself in the wrong light. If that sense of self-regard would be something that's more wondering and uh, um, empathic rather than scrutinizing and fault-finding, then maybe, you know, there's a whole um, release right there.
course, this, um, you know, just as we have a, if you like, a gross body and a gross bodily energy, you also have a gross emotion, emotional um, level, which is pretty much, has the same features, it's quite charges up and down, it's happy and unhappy, it's uh, excited and depressed, it lifts and crunches and it's very much about me and you and and it's associated with wanting to wishing and trying to connect and fear of loss and hope and wanting to get it right and these kind of things, you know. Um, and I'm emotionally gross, so it's, it's not a pejorative sense, it's part of what you know, kind of what we have. You know, uh, you know we're affected. We feel this kind of rush of um, joy. We feel a rush of sadness. Uh, we go up. Something goes up and down. You know. And even the Buddha commented on on this kind of experience. He's saying, you know, when um, when I give teachings and and the because don't listen, don't follow it, I feel really pretty disappointed about that. I'm not pleased. You know. But I'm equanimous about that not being pleased. You know, there's there's a kind of an a being with the emotion that is that is takes you from the gross emotional state which just kind of goes up and down to a subtler emotional state which is more like all embracing. Where you embrace or with or accept or open to the, the, the despair or the disappointment or the uh, flush of affection or the sense of joy you know, you're not just grabbing it you know? because as we begin to learn in our life stories I expect you know, what is it, Blake's thing who grabs the butterfly something about the passing joy you know is that you grab joy and it goes funny you know, you think, well, that was really nice, and then you, you grab it, what went wrong? You know, suddenly the game's over, it's no longer so fun, or, or you know, we're having some fun, and then somebody misunderstands, somebody gets hurt, with teasing or playing, or being, and then somebody gets it the wrong way, and they get offended, you know, or we're enjoying somebody's company, and then they, they leave, and we feel a bit disappointed with that, saddened by that. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? Not enjoy things? <laughs> Not have any feelings? <laughs> yeah. Not feel affection? Not feel interest? Just be kind of totally chilled out like some kind of frozen turnip? <laughs> yeah. Or is it possible just to actually say that one of our, our uh, you know, tests and challenges, one of the developments is, you know, can I actually be with emotionally if you like or in a heartful sense with this this stuff in my life you know the 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 successes and failures the ups and downs the meeting the separations the enjoyments the sorrows and just get big enough to be with that rather than clutching it and you know so on the the uh, Attachment and the sadness that comes out of that. So there's a sense of loss and betrayal that comes out of that. This is really what Brahma Vihara is about, isn't it? Really, you know, the sense of these these immeasurable spheres. Because certainly, when I, you know, I don't like sorrow. 
you know, I want to be happy. I want things to go the way that I want them to. I don't want to lose the things I love. And, um, you know, when I re- hear, chant this line, every, not every morning, but frequently, all that is mine, beloved and pleasing, becomes separated from me, it still gives me a chill. I don't like that bit. All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise, oh God, will become separated from you. I don't like that. <laughs> There's some crumb I could hang on to. <laughs> Something, some comfort. And it's pretty straight, because actually you think, God, it's true. <laughs> it's true, damn it. <laughs> it would be so bad if it was just some, you know, gloomy old Scrooge. But the Buddha's saying this, you think, oh, I think he's right. Yeah. And yet, you know, and yet, there can be a being with that. When we're not actually trying not to, trying to stop feeling happy or trying to stop feeling sad, but uh, allowing the happiness and the sadness to move within us, because we've opened to a subtler level of, of, of emotional energy, which is, if you like, an empathy, an ukampang, this kind of sense of being able to be with rather than in our emotional state, and it's a kind of a, a certain sense of resonance and. But the quality of it, to me, is it actually is boundless. I don't really feel a sense of, of separateness. It's, it's a finer quality. It's often a, it's a steadier quality. And um, it's also, if I'm on my own or with someone, or what, it, it really it, it, it covers all of that. It's the same place. Mm. And that's the treasury of the of a, of a, of a, of a Brahma Vihara is that you know you can abide there. And I think it's it's unfortunate if we think if we translate this as being a gross emotional state, which is you kind of feel really, you know, love kind of strong emotions towards. Um, towards people or things. I feel it actually is more just to see it as this sense of um, something that's with one's emotional responses because it's something you train in. The wishing well, which is a sense of that which can, can uh, you know, provide comfort to the liked, the disliked, the distant, the far, the near, the past, the future, you know, this is not, this is not just a sentiment, is it? It really is a, a, a reaching out and a, and a boundlessness, which is not, you know, to me is not incredibly exciting, it's, but it's steadying. And then towards this, toward, to others as to myself, you know, now I might get a little bit of you know, blood pressure going around somebody else. But I've never really been that excited about me. You know. I've lived with this thing for a number of years, and I've actually, if there ever was a romance, it has died. (laughs) I do not excite me at all. (laughs) 
but I have learned some sense of may, may this being be well, you know, when it's doing its things and it's fumbling, and it's just some sense of to just to be with this, this is what there is in its strangeness and so forth. That seems really sane. Um, or we contemplate, you know, because it, there's something very rather special about me. <laughs> As there is about you. <laughs> I'm not the only special being. You know, there's something rather special. And if I look at it with some sense of wonder, I think, oh my goodness, this is really a funny little thing. You know, I kind of contemplate myself sometimes. I think, Jesus, not one, there's not two of these around, are there? <laughs> This is really weird. <laughs> and then I feel some sense of actually kind of affection for it. You know, it's rather like seeing one of these kind of 1920s cars, you know, funny things with the big horns or whatever. You think, wow, look at that. And just because it is so much it just itself, you know, you, you, you kind of feel some quality of, of uh, affection for it. Whereas if I'm trying to make it into something you know, that it should be, it's no longer what it is. It, it's always something that's not quite what it should be. So I'm trying to make it into a should be. When I accept it as it is, then I feel some sense of um, wonder about it. And then from there, some sense of, uh, of, of appreciation and wanting to care for it. And when you actually begin to look, contemplate other people like that, you know, particularly when we live in in a community, you you begin to see all the kind of funny little quirks that people have, and the way this this one is just exactly that. There's no one like her, you know, and that's exact. No one would do it, say that kind of thing. And you think that's really sweet, you know. Or you know, some monk's got some particular way of of which he which he expresses himself, and you think and you get a sense of delight. In just because it's just that, uh, and uh, yeah, when you want to actually make everybody into some standardised off the assembly line model, monk or nun, they're all rotten. <laughs> they're all wrong. You know, <laughs> everything's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you know, you're coming from a rather negative position. You see the lovableness of beings. Mm. It's not something you want to grasp because you just enjoy the 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 freedom of it, the the uniqueness of it, mm. and regard yourself that way. You know, you ever look around your room and think, "What? Well, who lives here?" Who wears these clothes? Why does she have those books? Fancy that. She's still got one of these, you know. You actually look at this, this being with some sense of interest. Because you know? we can get very dog-eared about ourselves, can't we? Seeing the vulnerability of beings, how, how beings are vulnerable. We, when we encounter our own helplessness, sometimes this is the place where we panic. You know, you, you can't do, you can't make, you can't 
get it, you know, helpless, impotent, is a very, very testing place. To me, it's a place that, yes, visit there quite a lot of the time. You know, I can't, you know, I feel impotent, I feel helpless, I feel vulnerable, and I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to, you know, and then if I actually accept that, the experience of compassion arises, is to see how how desperate we can get, how needy we can get, how hurt we can get, how stuck we can get. And then rather than kind of berating and punishing, there's something like, I want to be with this, I'm not giving up on this being. I want to be with this because when you really see something, you know, in plight, when you see the, the plightedness, doesn't it just move you? You know, you see a dog with a broken leg, doesn't it, doesn't it move you? You know, you see some little fly stuck in a jam or something, doesn't it move you? You see the spider going down a plug hole, don't you think, oh dear. You know, you see the thing struggling. And <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, when you really see that, you, you kind of feel the, the sense of the struggle in that. Doesn't it, doesn't it move you? Doesn't something go, oh, the vulnerability, you know, may I protect that? May I somehow protect it? Rather than uh, stupid things shouldn't be that way. In that sense of there's a kind of, it's a subtle effect because we're not just kind of reacting, but we've, there's a little more distance. You begin to see yourself, you know, from the kind of broader perspective. You see you're kind of trying to get it right, trying to make it work, trying to be this or that or the other. And you think, oh, just give it some protection, some... Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Karuna, the other one, you contemplate the quality of uh, the happiness of beings, you know, the, the, uh, the strength of beings, the beauty of beings, the uh, humor of beings, the well, welfare, the for- good fortune that beings experience, their health, their, their vitality. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing there was in this um, keep coming back to this walk, and uh, I didn't I didn't experience much vitality. <laughs> but at one point we we found our way to a mountain hut and uh, and this mountain refuge where we staggered into. There was a whole group of of uh, cyclists that turned up, about sixteen of them. Uh, when they had lycra, you know, they got this kind of glossy satin blue skin-tight lycra gear, you know, they've got thighs about, you know, <laughs> these thick, whopping great thighs, you know, God, man, that's a thigh? <laughs> so they're pumping these bikes up and down mountains all day, you know, they've got their little helmets on, they just walk around this gear all the time, you know, they're welded to it, and they live bikes, obviously. And they were going on a kind of um, um, 
across Crete. They're, they're, they're pushing their bikes across. They're having a race across Crete on their mountain bikes. And I'm looking at these guys. Jeez, guys, you know. I think I once cycled seven miles on a bike. Once. And that was it. That was, was, was the end of bikes as far as I was concerned. <laughs> they hurt, you know. But then I kind of looking at these these guys, and uh, then they all then the, the we stayed the night, and in the morning they all kind of jumped into their saddles, you know, and we all cheered them off because there's about sixteen all lined up, and they all suddenly all boom, charged off, and you know, and they're pumping these things up up the track, you know, I couldn't believe it. And I thought, well, good for you, you know, just the just that sense of, you know. What it's like when uh, you're you're young and you've got energy and you've got vitality and you really feel a sense of uh, something useful about riding a bike across Crete, <laughs> and you're with your mates, you know. And particularly, there's one guy out in the lead, you know, and he was really he was really he was really in bliss. You could see this guy; he was just going, you know. And you thought, well, may you enjoy that, you know. They get to the end of the day and totally exhausted and happy. Think, well, good for you. You know, I'm not going to look down upon your activities because that that sense of being just to appreciate the the happiness that people do get. You know? and of course, so there's that kind of thing, and and certainly in this life, you get a lot of that. Uh, you can see a lot of that experience of um, enjoying people's. Uh, Happiness, their appreciation. Their, you know, they, they, I used to feel a bit embarrassed sometimes about people's thanks and appreciation. Now I kind of I feel more glad, but not not because I'm I want to hold it, but I feel glad that they're glad. You know, I really like it that people feel in, pleased or inspired or enriched by these situations that we're in. And there is a, something very wonderful about being able to share and encourage the joyful. Yeah. And it's somehow sort of, it's like an overview of the, of the quality of joy, rather than just even being in the joy, but just kind of contemplating the joy. And, uh, you know, knowing the, the effects of that. Because, you know, the Scrooge mentality is, well, you'll pay for it later. <laughs> <laughs> You can't spend the rest of your life doing this kind of thing, you know. You're going to grow up. <laughs> but to see someone, you know, experiencing the, their their own strength or their own brightness or their own um, virtue, you know, feeling feeling confident is is a source of delight. Mm. And then, of course, um, the most difficult one, of course, is, is equanimity, which is recognizing the, that uh, a karma that we have, that we are all heirs to our karma. That is, you know, so we inherit, there's a certain inheritance, it's like that, you know. Um, particular mind states or attitudes or psychologies or emotional things going, physical things, they inherit it, 
it's like that you know and, and so often we we can kind of regard people's actions as if you know they start from a completely clear space and they're doing these actions out of some you know pernicious attitude <laughs> rather than they're, they're coming from from a very you know from a, a uh, rather, you know, intense background or, or, or struggling childhood or difficult um, mentalities, and they're doing pretty good, really, you know. Yeah. But whether whatever it is, good, bad, you realise this this is the person's karma. They work they're with that. There's causes and effects. It's like that. It can't be some other way. And there's a sense in which you kind of step back from praise, blame. Step back from character definition. She's one of those. He's one of that. You know, it doesn't. It's not beautiful. It's not gracious. It's, uh, and yet we can do that quite a lot. We love to kind of, you know, bonk, pigeonhole people. And yet the real truth of it, surely, is you know we're heirs to our karma, born of our karma. You know, not separated from it, living it out. You know, and uh, there's some sympathy required for that, which is a certain sense of a kind of distance because you're not personalising that. And so, everybody, everything's in process. This is the way the process is right now. Can't be any other way right now. So, sense some sense of a. Not a dismissal, but a, a being with that places no praise, blame, up, down. You know, success, failure, um, value on what's going on. We allow things to pass through. Beauty of this particular quality, equanimity, is it's something that allows karma to unravel. You know, if you start, it's rather like you, you fairly, you know, intense volitional pushes that we have, our, our attitudes, our drives, and so on. And you start bashing those around with praise and blame, they just tighten up. Or you get things where you're continually defending yourself or struggling against yourself. Whereas if there's a kind of real empathy with that quality, then it's, in, it's held in a much more spacious way. So you're kind of allowing these karmic manifestations of impulse and drive and wobbling. And you just kind of allow that in, in an open space. It's a chance for it to kind of unravel. But of course, with all this, you know, what the fundamental thing is always that sense of wise attention considered attention. So you, you're really con- contemplating that and being to see how it works. So that the value particularly of, of wise attention is you don't you don't you don't lose the meaning. So you can have quite quite uh, useful and, and valid um, realize awakenings or insights but or experiences shifts of energy, particularly, you know, shifts into into open spaces or shifts into release and things like that. But if you're not really with it and contemplating it, it it comes and goes. 
you know, it's just a flash in the pan. Whereas with wise consideration, you begin to see what's actually happened here. You know, you, you contemplate, you know, this is past, this is present. A particular uh, sense of, of energy has, has dropped, and we're in somewhere else, we're in something that's more boundless. So you, you begin to get some, some real, um, build up a kind of a, a, a confidence in something that isn't just the kind of flash in the pan breakthrough, but it's, a, it's really another level, you know, a subtle level of being. And then you, the more you can actually acknowledge that, what's it like when I when I actually have this empathy of being with my nothing much, my expectations, my desires, my happiness. What's it, actually, what's it like being with that? And what, and you feel there's a kind of real stability there, in that. Hmm. And it's something you can kind of keep, acts as it becomes a, a refuge. So then, naturally, you know, one is, it's a kind of shift, if you like, of centre, from the gross forms to the subtle forms. And you feel much more that the subtler form is really where you're at, you know. Uh, hmm. Hmm. The subtler form is kind of, then some of the, the, the senses of separation and shock and fear and so forth begin to become less things that don't attack you because you're not actually dwelling or residing on that, on that plane. Hmm. This is why the Buddha, you know, the Buddha encourages us to actually really see the limitations of the gross body and see the limitations of the gross emotional state. Well, is mine beloved and pleasing. Um, things that we have affection for cause us grief. I mean, these are very chilling and, and uh, sometimes even frankly offensive kind of statements. But um, it's, not, it's actually trying to, not saying that, that you're actually trying to bring around a shift to a, another level of embodiment, another level of, of emotiveness, which is steadier freer from sorrow. And much less something you can really identify with. Because you need to notice if, you, if, you, if there's a grasping at these subtler effects, then you come back to the gross again. You know, as you know, you get to kind of some kind of subtle meditative state. You're feeling pretty open. And then you start, oh, wow, I got it. It's not long before, you know, that's gone. And you're just, you're just handling, handling a plastic replica of it. You know, you're back into the, the grasping again, and the I am and I've got and success and failure start to happen again, and then of course you, you've lost it. So it is something that uh, begins to give us this sense in which we we can arrive at a place which is actually 
you know, ungraspable, it doesn't need to be grasped, whenever, you, whenever there's grasping, you lose it. And so there's this kind of plane which is, is set up, if you like, in a, in, as part of our human inheritance, set up for release. And to really, you know, be encouraged to train in that. Why is the why is the considering? Why is the attending? When you you kind of what is when you contemplate your thinking? You know, what's what's the what's the happening behind? What's the mood behind the thinking? What's the energy of the thinking? Or the, the sense of just something they're just kind of filling up the space. You know, trying to have something to hold on to. And, you know, you see the emotional effects behind thinking. And then you contemplate just the emotional movements. And how many of them are about really trying to, you know, find something else, you know, hold something, take something and affect something, push something, touch something. And, you know, and, and, and is it is it satisfying? Hmm. And then, of course, the great uh, turnaround is not to repudiate these systems, but to actually be with them. You know, to be with to awaken to them, to awaken to their limitations. But their awakening is is a a kind of uh, an accepting and a blessing state, and a state of wonder. Anyone?